And welcome everybody to episode number seven of 357. I'm Dean. I'm here with Kellen. And we are here for our Christmas episode of uh, this first season. And, you know, not a not too much going on. Actually, barely anything going on over these next couple days in college hoops. Just uh, the Diamond Head Classic will wrap up their tournament. But we do have a little segment that we're going to replace the picks with for today. And then we'll move on to our little shorter segments and then wrap it up with the random shit report, which I have a couple uh, for today. But first, we'll start off with reviewing our picks. And one of them did pretty well past couple of days. The other two did not. So, Kelly, you want to let them know, let them know how you did? Yeah, so first day, which was Tuesday night, we picked these Monday. We had Xavier Nova, UConn Marquette, and then Fresno State in Utah. So um, Villanova Marquette and Utah – or no, Villanova, UConn, and Utah ended up winning. And you and the computer went 0 for 3. I went 1 for 3. So it wasn't even looking good after that day. But yeah, then yeah. Um, Wednesday comes – comes and I go three and out and then you and the computer go oh and three again so I had four and two I did pretty good but uh you and the computer not so much yeah I I hit rock bottom this last couple days oh and six on my picks computer did not do much better but better than me one and five agree with you on Villanova was the uh it's one that it got right so the overall We've got a you got to start a decent lead here. You're at 18 and 12 on the season. Computer is 13 and 17, and I'm at 12 and 18. So you got a pretty decent, pretty decent lead. A lot of time though. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't get too comfortable. But those are picks. Yep. Uh, Colin did good. Me and the computer, not so much. All right. Moving on now to. Our main segment to replace the picks. So yeah, it's gonna be another episode. We don't have you know too much to talk about with there that you know there being the games and all. To a few of the top college basketball teams. So just say that one more time. You kind of lag a little bit. Yeah, uh, we're decided we're gonna do a little gift giving segment to some of the top college basketball teams. So we each picked out three different uh, top 25 or just overall top teams. And we're going to say what, you know, gift we're going to give them for Christmas to make them do a little, perform a little bit better in March. So, uh, Callum, you, do we want to start yours? Your first one, but we'll, we'll go back and forth here. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to start with Purdue. Um just because they're a team in the Big Ten, I've watched them a decent amount. I hate Purdue, but um, if I could give them one gift, uh, I think it would just be a general defense, a team defense gift, because I feel like they're one of the best offensive teams in the country. They have so many scores, so many guys that can score for them, probably like eight or nine, um, but their defense is weak, and a lot of their games have been high scoring, and the – Sure, they've only lost to Rutgers, but they really shouldn't have lost that game. It shouldn't have even been close, but they did lose off of that last second shot from Ron Harper Jr. But uh, I think defense has been 
a factor in a lot of their games that have been close against competitive teams. But that would be my gift to Purdue would be um, better team defense, better defense from the uh, the entire team. Yeah, and that's – yeah, that's because we, we've seen they have the offense. It's just the yeah. other side of the ball. They got to- All right. So moving on to my first team, the Kansas Jayhawks, currently ranked number seven. If I had to give them a gift this Christmas, I would give them consistent from David McCormick. David McCormick, their center, a guy that we thought was really, you know, coming into his own last year. That second half of the year, Big 12 play, he started dominating on the side, you know, being a major presence around the rim, blocking shots, dunking, a real energy player for them. Um, but this year, we're thinking, you know, it could be the breakout year for McCormick, and he's kind of he's taking a step back, and he needs to be the fourth, the solid fourth option on this team, because right now they have a big three, and kind of more of a big two of Igbaji and Christian Brown, with uh, Remy Martin sometimes hopping and being that third guy, but with McCormick, they they need a center, especially in Big Twelve play, where there's a lot of solid centers. And he's been really just shaky. He's had his games, double-double against St. John's. Um, Charlatan State, second game of the year, he had points, eight rebounds, five blocks. But then he gets games like last night against, or not last night, against Stephen F. Austin. Only played 10 minutes, only had two points, three fouls. Um, against Dayton, and their loss against Dayton, five points, five rebounds, four fouls. He's just really inconsistent, and we thought, you know, he was going to work offseason and come back one of the nation's best bigs, and so far he just hasn't been that, and actually his minutes decrease a little bit because of his play. So if I were Kansas, I'd just give him solid center, some better play from a corner. So my next team is going to be Alabama, and it's actually pretty similar to what you were just saying. I would give them a more uh, experienced, uh, solid big man because right now Alabama's carried by their guards right now their big man who is a he's a freshman Charles uh Badiaco I think uh he he's a freshman and he's the fifth leading rebounder on the team behind three or four three I guards and one forward but um all three of Alabama's starting guards average more rebounds they also carry the point total but that um, that's not much of a big deal because they are a big shooting team. They love threes, but I would give them a better center that they can work the ball inside. And once they have that solid center inside um, that you could compare to someone like Mark Williams or Oscar Tashibwe at Kentucky, who can get more second chance points for Alabama. And once they can work the ball inside and have options in the paint, then that gives them more options to kick out for all their shooters like Shackelford and um, Keon Ellis and all those guys who are just knockdown shooters most of the time. Yep, that's my gift for Alabama. Yeah, that that would definitely help for him, especially like we saw Houston again. They almost lost where Houston had that uh, big yeah, Fabian White and a couple other big guys. Um, all right, moving on, we go a little farther down the top twenty-five here to the Providence Fry, and I would give Providence. I would give them some magic formula, something to make their players a star because right now 
Providence's ceiling, despite being uh, uh, number 22 in the country, isn't very high, and I think it's because they just don't have that one or two guy. Their leading scorer right now, Nate Watson, could definitely be a candidate I would give this gift to, averaging 15 for them. But he's been really inconsistent. I mean, you get you offset games like uh, against UConn, or yeah, you will UConn. He had ten, but then he twenty three against St. Peter's, twenty four in a win over Wisconsin. Two games where he has eight points against Central Connecticut State, five points against Texas Tech, and they're still winning these games without him. But if you if you add him to the rot, if you you know boost his ten, you're going to win a little more. So you can give it to him. You can give it to the Indiana transfer, Alabama, who's been a solid guard for them. But they really don't have that go-to guy we're going to start needing, especially with the Big East this year and how stacked they, that is. It's going to be a grind every night. So you need that go-to scorer in the clutch in the Big East. And with Providence, I just don't know right now. So that's what I'd give him. Yeah, that's a – Valid uh, gift for Providence. And I haven't seen too much of them, but I do know because a uh, decent amount about them because of the Indiana transfer, Al Durham, um, who's playing there now. But um, my final team is going to be also towards the bottom of the top 25. It's going to be Wisconsin. And it's not something too big. I could think of other things that might help them win more games, but this one's more specific to recently. And it would be to... Um, the health of the team and specifically Johnny Davis, because he has missed two games completely this year for Wisconsin. And one of them was the game against um, Providence earlier in the year where they lost. He played like one minute, but I don't really even consider him. He's completely missed two games. And then there's been games where he's played very few minutes, somewhere near like five ish minutes to 10 minutes. But I would pray for, um, or not pray, but gift, (laughs) Um, for Wisconsin's health and uh, to keep Johnny Davis healthy because that is the heart and soul of Wisconsin's team and he's leading them in pretty much every stat and he's might be the um, front runner for Big Ten player of the year right now so I would gift not pray I guess both but gift for um, health uh, for Wisconsin or COVID and injury wise. Yeah. And if you're a Wisconsin fan, you should, you should be praying. Yeah. You Indiana, not so sure. Uh, Moving on to my last team here. It's going to be currently number 14 ranked Ohio state. And to them, I would gift some sort of solid guard because as we get into big 10 play here, Ohio state needs a guard right now. They have one their their top four scorers are all listed as forwards each l zed key kyle young and um justin aaron yeah and when justin suan comes back too that'll be another forward that's going to be up there yeah and that's i know you you watch more big 10 than i do but i mean they're listed as forwards they all play as forwards right nobody's yeah. there plays the guard yeah so their top top guard scorer right now michi johnson averaging 6.7 uh, only averaging one and a half assists too. Their their only guard that really distributes is Jamari Wheeler, overly averaging four point four assists, six point three points, and uh, playing about twenty nine minutes a game. For twenty nine minutes a game, you know that that assist rate can go all uh, assist 
average can go up a little bit along with the points per game average. But yeah, this is a Big Ten conference with good guards. Um, name me some good Big Ten guards that I'm, I'm trying to come up with. Uh, Jaden Ivey, Johnny Davis. Yeah. Andre, Andre Curbelo to an extent. Yeah. Uh, Keegan, I don't know about Keegan Murray. Theo Baker a little bit. If yeah. Point being, they're, they're good guards in the Big Ten. Yeah. And Indiana kind of has that problem too. They don't, they're, I would say their best two players right now are. Trey Jackson Davis and Race Thompson. So they're kind of in the same boat as Ohio State, which they have a bunch of forwards. I think their guards are better. They're also older, but they're in a, not as bad of a spot as Ohio State, but similar. But yeah, I think that's definitely a valid point for Ohio State. And last year we saw their guard play with Dwayne Washington, um, which helped them. So this year they're kind of missing the guy like him. Yeah, and the Big Ten has always been, especially over the last few years, it, it's a very big driven league. But that's the thing: in order to get to the top, you got to be the difference maker and have the good too. Um, like you know, Luca Garza and you know I, Iowa is a very forward heavy team, but they didn't end up they didn't end up winning the Big Ten. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a it's a forward driven league where the the teams at the top, the difference makers, are the ones with that guard play. So. Ohio State and like you said, maybe even Indiana to an extent. Yeah. Need some one guards to blossom. All right. So those were our Christmas gifts for some of the nation's top teams this week. And now moving on to my segment every Thursday, blowing bubbles, where you look at a couple bubble teams, look at their resumes, and then determine whether they uh into the tournament and today i got a power conference team and a non-power conference team uh the first one we're going to talk about here is coming from the acc in the clemson clemson uh currently number 44 in torvik which uh getting online uh just similar to ken palm uh they're currently nine and four have some some decent wins but no really great ones uh Point win over Virginia, 14-point win over South Carolina, both power conference wins, but none too impressive. Actually, you can't argue their best win this year was Drake, who they knocked off uh, by 10 in OT at a neutral site. But in all their really top – they haven't played any, like, super tough competition. Uh, Only quad one game so far being West Virginia in the Charleston Classic where they lost by seven. And then also losses to some not super great teams, Miami, Florida, lost by five bond eventually they lost by three i think it's hard to call bond adventure a good great team anymore after how they played uh then west virginia by seven so this is a team that it's hard for me to find a way for them to get into the tournament just because of how bad the the acc is this year they had its chances in the non-con to improve to bring up the resume a little bit but almost every power conference team they play they lost to except for south carolina yeah, great team themselves. So, and they don't really have a go-to guy either. They don't have a star. They have four guys averaging between eleven and fourteen. Nobody's averaging more than fourteen point four. With Clemson, they're nine and four right now. Good record on paper, but with how bad the ACC is this year, I wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised to see them miss the tournament. They played Duke on uh, they played Duke on Wednesday at home, and that'll be a big test for them. So moving on, 
to another team that's uh, a non-con or not. I'm sorry, not non-con, non-power conference team that isn't isn't being uh, shooed in as the automatic bid team in conference this year, but one that I think is making a great case to possibly get an at large, which it doesn't come too often from their conference. And that is, despite their loss last night, the Murray State Racers out of the Ohio Valley. Uh, Murray State historically has been a Cinderella team to watch for uh, from all the way back when they almost went undefeated to John Morant. And they had a couple down years, but now they're back. And only 13-point loss to Auburn last night, which isn't isn't an awful loss. Oh, no, it's definitely not an awful loss, and 13 isn't, isn't a blowout, I'd say, by any means. And their only other loss coming on a neutral site to Tennessee State by eight. But then you look at some of their – the big win and the big terminer of whether they can get the at-large bid is Memphis. They beat Memphis by two. Memphis we know is over. We've talked about is overrated. But depending on how Memphis does in the American – we're seeing, especially after that Bama win, they're starting to pick up the pieces. If they can roll through American play, the win becomes a lot better for Murray State. Along with Chattanooga, one of the most underappreciated uh, non-power teams in the country, they beat them by 11. Chattanooga's a really underrated team. Rio DeSousa transferred from Kansas. He's the guy that threw the chair in that picture. The Kansas-Kansas State fight. But uh, Chattanooga also has they have a good uh, Malachi Smith, a really good guard too. And, yeah, Murray State knocked them off by 11. So depending on how those two non-conference teams, if uh, Murray State can run most of the table in the Ohio Valley, beat Belmont at least because they play him twice, I I see a path if they at least make it to the conference to get in a large bid. So I wouldn't lose all hope, Murray State fans, you guys don't get the Ohio Valley bid this year. Yeah, and right now, I mean, I think they would be the favorite. And like you said, Belmont's the only the main competitor right now. But I would be surprised to see them get an at-large bid if someone like Belmont or um, a worse team happened to win the Ohio Valley. But uh, if they keep up their play right now and end with less than four losses or like yeah. four losses, at least less than five, I guess, then I could see the case for them being an at-large bid, but um, I don't know. I, I, I like this better than um, Clemson, I'll say. You do? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, this I'd is a better them. chance than Clemson. Yeah, I, I'd give them five. I'd give them five. Any more than, any more, anything more than five losses and you're mm-hmm. in the Ohio Valley, you're losing it, but I'd give them five. All right, so that, that was my segment for the week. Did you want to – do you have any guys highlighted or are you just um, – anybody? No, I didn't really have any guys highlighted specifically. Um, I was going to um, – I was planning on highlighting three guys for the games we picked today, but then I forgot that there's no real games to pick. So, yeah. Um, do, you have, do you have anything off just off off the dome here that you want to – you just um, have to say about basketball? I, don't know, any, I any... did have one thing, but I can't remember right now. Um, let's. Any, any, you said you had a few um things for the random shit report, right? I did. I did. Yeah, give those, and I'll try to remember what I was going to. All right. Yeah, I don't know any any takeaways. Oh yeah, I hold on. I have it now. I have it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, 
Um, yeah, last show Monday, um, we were. I just wanted to talk about a few of the games, especially the ones we didn't get to pick, specifically the Davidson Villanova or Davidson Alabama game. Um, I guess none of us really called it, but um, we did put Alabama on upset alert, and we said watch out for um, your mid-major player of the week, um, Hyun Jung Lee. Um, and yeah, Davidson did it. They beat Alabama. I believe it was at Alabama too. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Huge win for Davidson and the A10 too. The A10 hadn't didn't really have a big um power five, I guess, besides Dayton's win against Kansas, but it's so hard to like legitimize that after they after yeah, those just overall they, they needed they needed some some win. Yeah, they needed another one. Dayton's was big, but it was after a few bad losses too. But this is really good for the A10 and Davidson, and it's kind of putting them on the map, and especially um Hyun Jung Lee too, who he didn't have the biggest game. He wasn't the leading scorer, but he played well. He shot 50% from the field and from three, consistent, like we said, and um, kind of reinforcing what we've already been talking about with Alabama. He didn't shoot bad, but um, they didn't shoot, they, uh, Davidson shot way, much better, and just the lack of presence in the paint from Alabama just really going to hurt them, especially with their defense. They're going to have a hard time defending teams in non-transition um, points in the game when it's half court grit and grind um, in the paint in the sec too because there's a bunch of teams in the sec that alabama is not going to be able to i don't think personally will be able to keep up with um, like lsu auburn florida and uh, kentucky too i cannot imagine alabama playing against oscar Tashibwe. they're just going to get he's going to have like 50 rebounds he had 28 last night, and he was against a 7-5 big man from Western Kentucky, too. Good. Jamarion Sharp is a good yeah. – for being 7-5, he's a very nimble 7-5, and he ate him up. Yeah. And so what do you think – so do you have Bama right in the middle of the SEC then? I mean, yeah, that's hard to say because, like, two weeks ago, I probably would have said they were the best – I was predicting their win over Gonzaga. I didn't – and I said they were going to lose to Memphis, too. So it's kind of like – I do think the best team in the SEC at peak um, performance, I guess, would be Alabama. But that's only happened once, and it was against Gonzaga. And I don't think we're going to see it in more than one or two games for the rest of the of regular season. So I'm going to say the best team right now overall and most consistent is LSU or Auburn. But – um I think Tennessee is a team to watch out for. Kentucky's going to be that team. They're always that team. They're good. They're just not um, a top five team. Alabama has some things to figure out. Um, hopefully their wish comes true that um, I gave them. And uh, I think I put I have Alabama at the bottom of the top tier of the SEC. Got it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It'll definitely be a grind in the SEC play. Definitely, yeah. Definitely, yeah, SEC, Big East. Big 12. Those are the four kind of grinded out conferences this year. Yeah. Facing good teams every night. All right. So moving on to the random shit report. I, I had two. We we kind of brought up one of them already, which is fine. Oscar Shibway absolutely destroying Western Kentucky last night. 28 rebounds. This is just it it's a it's a crazy number. It's, that's you know, 20 don'ts. That's 20 big for the NBA. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's big 
for the NBA, let alone college, where you have eight fewer minutes to do it. So yeah, and also yeah, going up against a seven foot five big man in Western Kentucky, getting that many rebounds is just crazy. Uh, for my second submission to the random shit report, we're again highlighting bad offense, and just for a game, but it's kind of been that way the entire season for the University of South Florida. South Florida in the Diamond Head Classic, they played BYU last night, uh, lost a real shootout, 54-39 to 39 to BYU. This is a game where got 26% from the floor, also went 2 of 21, shooting 9.5% from 3 from South Florida. So you might think, right, that's pretty bad, just an off game. It hasn't been an off game for South Florida in this way a lot of the years or yeah, throughout the year. Uh, they have only broken 60 three times this season of their of their nine games. I'm sorry, 10 games. They also have not scored more than uh, 75 points at all this year. And they've only broken um, they've only broken 65 once. And that was 75 points against Bethune-Cookman. So this is Awful offense. Uh, they have their top scores averaging twelve, and then second place is nine, third place is six. So this is this the offense that just can't get going. And the Americans, so they're going to see teams like Houston and Memphis this year. So if you want to watch an offense just completely shut down, I would recommend watching some South Florida basketball. Sorry, any South fans. <laughs> All right, so. That I have one thing, one kind yeah. of quick thing. It's not oh, yeah, too random, but um, I just saw it the other day um, that Baylor has announced that there's a in the plans a new basketball arena that's right that's a waterfront basketball arena right next to a I guess you could call it like a pond or like a big like a small lake or a big pond I don't know, but um, they just announced a. 7,000 seat capacity basketball arena that will be coming in January of 2024. So it's still two more years pretty much, but um, it's in the plans for Baylor. Yeah. And as smaller than I thought, I I, I think their current arena is a little bigger, but it it's also, for, yeah, for college basketball, small is not bad, especially if, you know, you got good seed close to the court, like, you know, kind of like the setup, kind of like how, uh, I know Rutgers has its, like, even though it's a smaller arena, like, all, even, like, the upper-level seats aren't that far court. Like, Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you have, like, good good seats to make the whole place loud, then small isn't bad. Duke does that. And yeah, Duke does it's, like, going to see Baylor do it, too, with the 7,000-seat arena. And it says their current arena is 10,000, so it's not too much smaller. Okay. So, yeah. Should definitely be, be with how they're playing recently. 7K shouldn't be too hard. So, do you have, do you have that, that was your one, right? Yeah, that was mine. Got it. All right. So that'll do it for this episode of 357. I think we might, we're going to take next week off. Um, probably, but, um, I don't know. Maybe one show in that week, but, um, it's questionable. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll play it by ear, but to keep keep updated on when we could be recording, 
Uh, also, see more things that we don't necessarily talk on the podcast, uh, such as our top 40 that comes out every week. We have one come out uh, just either yeah. today or yesterday. Yesterday. And, and then we had the mid-major player. Yeah, and then we have, you know, other posts. To, yeah, he's uh, the mid-major player. Um, Callan Birkenhardt in the edits, which is much appreciated. And, yeah, just other stuff to keep you reminded about what it is we're talking about. So it's at TFF underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, you can, you know, we'll, we'll stay in touch. You guys will know when we're recording next. So that'll do it for this episode. I'm Dean. Yep. See you guys. At least the third next, but uh, Monday, the third, but potentially next week. See you guys.